Hello, Patreon people, and welcome to some bonus episode for the IMMP. We're here because we've gotten to watch something I didn't expect us to get. We actually have found some, or fans have sent us things thought lost to time. <laughs> Thanks to listener Lawrence Holly, we have finally tracked down and watched The Lost Island. Oh boy. We're into Croft territory. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is a production. <laughs> we, we can't stop here. It's Croft territory. <laughs> <laughs> we were just a few miles out of Lidsville when the genie's ring began to take hold. <laughs> well, this oh. was indeed a production of Sid and Marty Croft. And it was part of a show called the Croft Superstar Hour, which is it was a Saturday morning kids variety show that went through a few different iterations. Trying to sort those out and untangle them is more than we can get into here. But at some point, it settled into this Croft Superstar Hour format, hosted by the Bay City Rollers. And after just eight episodes, it was renamed the Bay City Rollers Show. So they knew who was tuning in and why. <laughs> the Bay City Junior <laughs> High School girls who were there to see the Bay City Rollers. They just kind of rolled on in there, didn't they? But the Lost Island was this amazing rummage sale of yeah? Sid and Marty Croft properties where they took sets and costumes and green screen backgrounds and all kinds of things from a few different shows and mashed them together with very little concern as to whether or how well they fit together. And people called Endgame the most ambitious crossover in movie and TV history. <laughs> oh my goodness. Absolutely. Here the Croft Cinematic Universe is absolutely imploding as we've got, you know, characters from uh, H.R. Puffin stuff trying to get medicine with help from the genie from the Slee Stacks. It's like, what am I looking at? Yeah, we've covered on the podcast here, on the on the main feed of the podcast, a couple of of the source material elements of the Lost Island because we talked about Lidsville very early on. Oh, yeah. And this features the genie, Weenie the genie from Lidsville. Yeah, just there doing and their stuff. We also covered the Land of the Lost, that Sid and Marty Croft live action kids tv show that secretly snuck in some pretty heavy science fiction yeah which was way better than i expected it to be and actually i really liked and from land of the lost the lost island includes lots of sets lots of fake rocks and fake vegetation and lots of backgrounds and lots of shots of stop motion dinosaurs against these backgrounds yeah in which we can blue screen the genie and other people from Sid and Marty Croft shows we haven't talked about as they run around and, and try to find things and escape from things. And of course they also have the Sleestacks from Land of the Lost, yeah. led by Enoch. 
Yeah. You ever played a video game with character customization and you absolutely know there's a cutscene designed for the base model, the characters that's land of the lost. You ever gone into the character settings and put on the wild clothing you got from the DLC and moved all the slow, the sliders to the highest or lowest settings you can find and watched the exact same cutscene with this wild creature that you've created it's played completely straight despite however they're dressed that's lost island it's it's showing up in final fantasy uh 14 where and just giving the prince the sombrero outfit and yet everyone's still talking about how serious things are going on in the kingdom that's what this show is and as the bad guy we've got the character of Dr. Death Ray, who was previously known as Dr. Shrinker. I guess he upgraded city. his weaponry? I guess so. Talk about a name where it's like, I have made this my brand. It's like, I am Dr. Death Ray. My Death Ray is in the shop. <laughs> that is like half of his characterization in this show. And we also get Billy Barty playing Dr. Death Ray's comic assistant and sidekick. Yeah. Who kind of doesn't want to be here and i'm fascinated by how well that plays <laughs> it's like i just want to go have a break <laughs> it is just mind-boggling because yeah they have all these pieces they throw into a blender and we get to see them incongruously interacting as if they've known one another and worked together for their entire lives oh and we you mentioned hr puffin stuff we get hr puffin stuff we also get I believe it's Sigmund, the, the sea monster from the, the the Saturday morning show of the same name. It's just, just wild. And yet they, they're not content with just kind of throwing them into this. They, they construct a story. Yeah, everyone's and, lore is intact. Everything is there. To some extent. Yeah. Sigma, uh, um, Puffin stuff is ill, and there is Genie... Finds out. I think Genie has to do some magic. Yeah, and gets the information that there is an herb or a plant that would be medicine that will help cure Puffin stuff. So Genie and who is the other character that she's with? I don't even remember. I don't know. I just remember having strong Doctor Who vibes for this entire <laughs> thing with the way it played out. It's constructed really well, but it's got a bit of an oops all companions Doctor Who vibe. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's Weenie the Genie and Barbie, played by Louise Dart, have to go and find this plant. I don't know what Barbie is from. What yeah. what is uh, she just original to this? I don't know. Uh, but she fits in with the rest in that she is just as disjointed in her connections with the other characters as the rest of them are. Yeah. But she and Genie, she and Weenie the Genie have to go and find the, the place where this plant is grown, which is in, I believe they said it was the City of the Doomed. Yeah. <laughs> and that turns out to be like the lost temple of Land of the Lost. So they get to go through the same miniature sets you're using the same blue screen techniques and dodge the same fighting dinosaurs that we had seen so many times in Land of the Lost. But they're being pursued by Dr. Deathray, who wants to get something that a, a valuable 
gemstone gemstone or crystal that he knows is is in the temple hidden in the temple and now they're gonna lead him to the temple mm-hmm. and once they get there they encounter enoch and the sleestacks who immediately capture them and put them through a trial right because they had been in suspended animation for ages in this lost temple in the city of the doomed and they've been awakened by someone showing up does that make them the doomed I guess they're the temporarily doomed, conditionally doomed, conditionally doomed, <laughs> doomed pending approval, conditionally doomed. That's a very kind of a non-committal metal band. Oh, yes. I like that. But I, I also do love their um, their way to test. It's like, hi, we've got a magic crystal that will immediately uh, kill anyone who touches it and lies and has told lies. Okay. Yeah. Everyone, good. Did you touch touch the crystal? Of course, says everyone. In, and it says Dr. Death Ray. And everyone else is like, yeah, I went over and touched the crystal. He didn't, of course. And then they're like, good. Put up your hands. We coated it in glow-in-the-dark paint. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's the cleverest thing. It's like, if you didn't touch it, you just lied to us right now. They of course, it's a magic honesty test. It is an honesty test. test that doesn't require any magic. Exactly. It is so <laughs> perfectly simple. And it's like, uh, and I love how the response from this, you know, wise leader of the Sleestacks is like, no, of course it can't kill you, but we'd find you out. <laughs> it's like, uh, you kidding me? That doesn't do anything, but we've got a black light here. Show us your hands. It's perfectly done. I love it. And in... in- Eventually, the, they are given a gift of this medicinal herb that they can take back and cure Puff and Stuff. And he's been, and Sigmund is back taking care of Puff and Stuff while the others are going to find the cure. But yeah, it is this weirdly satisfying story from beginning to end. Even though while you're watching it, it's like, what am I watching? And who are these people? And why are they together? And how do they know each other? And why are there dinosaurs? There's a weird thing where this just adds to the to the strange Lovecraftian nature of the Sid and Marty Croft productions. <laughs> There's these stories of people gathered around these large, seemingly magical and unending beings. There are ancient cities of reptilian people preserved in stasis for thousands of years. There's herbs and plants with odd properties and areas where creatures long thought dead still roam. <laughs> Sid and Marty Croft is like brightly colored versions of Lovecraftian horror. <laughs> and I'm kind of loving it, but also just as disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of fun to see this late Sid and Marty Croft revival of these components used in such a strange and yet surprisingly compelling way. Yeah. Very little of that Bay City Rollers show or the um, Croft Superstar show have survived. Uh, Occasionally, you can find little bits of them posted online and then taken down uh, quickly. Uh, So this is the only piece of this we've been able to see, but I gather it's not the only part of Lost Island that was produced. Just the only one we've been able to see. And I also gather there are other segments that were part of that superstar hour, like something that might have involved the Bugaloos and other properties from the greater Sid and Marty Croftverse that were turned into these weird hybrids to fill segment time on the, the Saturday morning variety show. 
its nature as a weird cobbled together thing is both evident and absolutely hidden as it feels like it just came to exist in that <laughs> sense. And it, it came and it went and it's there and it's somewhere in the deepest reaches of the past and mind. A dreamlike is an overused descriptor but absolutely but here it is because it's just like a dream it's it's taking all these pieces that are from your experience and mashing them together in unexpected ways ways that somehow make more sense than you expect when they are actually before you and you were there and you were there <laughs> and hr puffin stuff was there why was he there <laughs> so this was fun and thank you again lawrence for uh Appointing this out to us. Absolutely. This was, it was fun to see because it is so odd. And it makes me think that we might wind up running into more Croft, Stead and Marie Croft stuff later. And I continue to wonder, like, not just now, what are we watching? But also, <laughs> how did it mesh with everything else? Yeah, I don't think we're quite done with Sid and Marty Croft yet. Uh, uh, are we not done with them or are they not <laughs> done with us? Uh <laughs> Well, thank you very much, listeners. Thank you very much for supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. You help keep the podcast going, and there will be more regular episodes, of course. And, of course, there will be more uh, Patreon bonuses for you in the coming months. And, yeah, if you find something like this out there, if you remember something and can dig up a copy that we can see, we are happy to take a look. We love getting to find things related to what we've already watched, or maybe you've got something that you can remind my dad of that he watched when he was a kid that he'd forgotten about and new thing to subject me to. Oh, no question. This, uh, this growing fascination with, with 20th century pop culture, by all means, I'm just as interested in what, uh, what other folks have to, to suggest and what meant things to other people as I am in sharing all the stuff that meant things to me with you, Ian. Absolutely. And we'll be back soon. (laughs) 